do it. Jim's not here, so you have to do it. Yeah, so this is several people are typing. Um, the host, I guess, is I guess he calls himself professionally James, but we know him as Jim. Uh, is is unavailable tonight with his he's with a special lady who hopefully will listen to this. Um, <laughs> and standing in is uh, is Will, uh, guest hosting a podcast about um, the D and D campaign that we just wrapped up last week that spanned fifty one weeks of uh, of pandemic fun and yeah kept us looking forward to something every every Tuesday night. Um, with us, we have Andrew, Dave, Adam, and Brian, who all played a group of halflings as part of the Lollipop Guild, uh, conquering the continent of Chult and delving into the Tomb of Annihilation to do battle with a Lich. Um, and this podcast will be a post-mortem. Uh, what did we enjoy? Uh, what didn't we enjoy? What would we change? Um, yeah, and just a general discussion about how we've spent uh, one night a week for the last year. So yeah, um, kind of getting it's into never, it. I, I never remember. It. What was it, up, is there a way, is there a format to do this in which in which not having any context uh, is gonna, will this make sense to people? I guess no, is what but I'm asking. Almost any of our podcasts aren't going to make sense to anybody who <laughs> doesn't know us already anyway. Um, so this is not really for well, an external audience. This is to record it and put it on the internet for us to listen to in five years and be like, oh, weren't we just naive little 30-somethings? And that was effective context setting. Yeah, exactly. Um, on, on topic, anybody, has it ever been referred to as the Tomb of Annihilation? I don't remember. Uh, In-game, no. Okay, that, I was just double-checking that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not one of those movies that says its own name, which is nice. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't roll credits on itself. Late That's title what? card. I... Now suddenly, boom, Tomb of Annihilation. <laughs> I mean, did, did followed we immediately by it? end like, credits. I don't know. Does it's anyone in game refer to it as that or or no. Zaldara? Zaldara yeah, I, thinks it's really cool. I I don't think you get points for that. I think that's a that's less interesting than 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 the other way of doing it. No, this was just a fifty-one week cold open. <laughs> <laughs> all right so why don't we go through sequentially the the different stages of the campaign so we can we can go in order and kind of uh, do a light recap and different feelings things we liked things we didn't like about each each stage yeah absolutely so the the campaign started with kind of a prologue type of a um, kickoff dungeon to get you guys acquainted with you know the world and the characters um, so you had a kind of mini dungeon named the, what was it, the Chamber of Horror or something like that, um, where you first encountered the kind of big bad evil guy for the campaign. Um, so it was, you know, to set up the story was, was Dave releasing the big bad evil uh, and then, you know, doing a little mini quest to get, to get the campaign started. Um, did you guys enjoy that as like a, you know, a way to get you into the world? Like as a hook, I I will say yes and yes. I think that the thing that I liked is that that was I think all of our first experience with using Foundry. Prior to that, we had used Roll Twenty, um, which has issues. I mean, I, they all have issues, but I was I was super impressed with Foundry's system of light and line of sight and you know uh, 
you know some of the some of the combat stuff like torches and stuff like that um so yeah it, it kind of got me psyched for the campaign and a new tool to use that was significantly better than than roll 20 than the last one we had used um and then kind of introduced us all to our classes and our races and allowed us a lot of role-playing um opportunities to kind of start building our characters i don't know how did you guys feel yeah, I, I really enjoyed, uh, I think, the first session, just kind of introducing our characters and trying to feel out the characters we had each created. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought that was fun. It was it was also nice to just dive in, do a little bit of combat, a little bit of role play, you know, just cross off some of the major pillars in the first session and just kind of feel out the party as a whole. The beginning of the Lollipop Guild. We're, we weren't even the Lollipop Guild yet. No, yeah, Bri- we Brian Car- Brian's Brother. character was not there. That's true. And I, I think it's worth mentioning that um, the whole idea of the four of us <laughs> playing halflings was just like a meme. It was like a joke <laughs> of like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to just like create a, an entire party filled with halflings because Lord of the Rings throwback, et cetera, et cetera. But um, turns out that halflings are really good. They're maybe the hands down the best race in the entire game. Because uh, the they're just lucky. They just re-roll ones and turns out... Uh, that happens a lot over the course of a campaign. Yeah. <laughs> turns out you roll a lot of ones uh, and no fear of like the hard whiff turns you into a cocky bunch of bastards. <laughs> so it's... Uh, yeah. It was an interesting, interesting meme that played out to be... Uh, strangely uh, min maxi and i mean that in, in fact uh there i think there was uh, just quickly there was one case where somebody rolled two ones in a row and i forgot who it, it does was. sound it familiar it wasn't me i think it might have been dave that was me i think it was dave yeah. it, it was dave and he dropped his sword because of it all um, right it was, we were fighting it, was the... were, it was when you were flying um yeah and fighting the uh eblises the the gigantic crane creatures um, and you were those guys. I miss those guys. Yeah, you were after you had uh, conned the Medusa into giving yeah. up her yeah. black. Yeah, we should we should have gone back we, and harassed. We her cannot again. go back there again. <laughs> no, we definitely can. We're way more powerful than her at this point. It's true. Yeah, but what do we? What do we? We're gonna get that that sword back. No, Dave. Dave <laughs> Does she uh, have it? No, it's Dave. No, Dave found the sword. You guys went. You guys stopped. Oh, that's right. Um, that's in right. fact, you used almost a full day of your flying which was a limited resource um, yep. in order to find Dave's uh, kind of uh, important heir- family heirloom. heirloom. Yeah, exactly. Didn't he end up giving it to a skeleton or something? He let his... Um, Did I make that up? Uh, he let his uh, Quasimodo version of himself hold oh, that's it. That's right. <laughs> oh, how's that guy doing? Uh, that guy, when the Soulmonger died, also collapsed. I'm- Pretty sure uh, we put him out of his misery. I think we put him out of his misery. No, that's no. the humane thing. That is do. not what happened. That's the humane thing to do. Oh my god. Um, uh, the mechanical aspect of uh, halflings was certainly great, but I also really enjoyed the role playing of it. I really enjoyed being a like mostly good guy party who really wasn't murder hoboing and was just trying to get along. And the like non-confrontationalness of a four halflings just rolling into various scenarios was a fun place to be coming from. 
um, even just having like one non halfling there would make it not like feel the same way. I base I'm basically saying that I'm a racist now and that non halflings uh, need to be gotten rid of. I'm glad you said it because I, I I was going to say that <laughs> yeah, same thing. when 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 you know Dave was describing you know the mechanical benefits and how good they were I was thinking like it set a really nice tone all of us grabbing halflings I I, I think that kind of like you know played its part in setting a tone for the campaign like exactly like you said kind of you know non confrontational just wandering in just like saying hello to people <laughs> whether or not right. we it thought was... that was going to work out. <laughs> It was it was it was a nice and, way to approach things. And we, we we were karmically punished anytime we tried to be like stealth in, if I recall correctly. We had a couple of like the walking straight up and waving always seemed to work out best. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, everybody, you know, kind of you're three feet tall in a land of dinosaurs, right? Like they're not right. super afraid <laughs> yes. of you. <laughs> well, I thought it was also hilarious that of a, a party of halflings, none of us are particularly good at stealth. Right. Like, yes, that's true too. <laughs> we 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 had a a paladin, a wizard, a bard, and an artificer. So none of us were sneaky rogue type characters, and nobody had Dex Prime stat. No, no nobody. I don't think anybody had stealth trained. I I, I did. The problem is that I had disadvantage because I wore right because you're always in armor. Play, yeah. But I mean, I, I had a plus six to stealth. Um, I think I used it maybe twice. One was the first, the first, uh, the first session. I had a plus yeah. five to stealth, but it never worked out. <laughs> yeah, and the the all halfling thing. Um, also, there were there were like a couple puzzles that didn't take into account how tall you would be um, and how and light. So, yeah, uh, so that was that was fun um, working around that. Um, but also from just a DM perspective, having a party with a largely shared backstory just makes it so much easier. Um, so and racial know, purity. Yeah. So. <laughs> I thought it was fun. It, like, uh, there was, like, I don't know, being a group of, like, lighthearted, you know, kind of, like, carefree uh, friends was was fun and refreshing to approach to approach different situations uh, that way. Like, I mean, like, like you said before, like, walking up and waving. Like, hey, guys, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah, I actually, I, yeah, totally. And like to plus one that I I thought it worked out really nicely to be the odd man out because the three of you had such a strong, like, you know, setup going on that it felt very natural to just be like, and no, I'm not like, I'm that extra guy who's hanging out. Um, and that, like, that felt like the right ratio. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't grow up in Littleton. Uh, I don't, I don't wave like you guys do. And everything you got to tell them all of the the barry baxton you know backstories yeah where was i legitimately don't know where did that start from i just was that was that name it goes yeah was it that was part of the initial backstory or no, they were, no. They were, nope. that was just role play that was uh, okay I, that was them fleshing was, out their characters which was yeah. you know from from my perspective really fun that was a few bourbons and and needing yeah. to, to to have a scapegoat of some sort yeah barry baxton has a page on on legend keeper <laughs> it's just a picture of Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> for 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 those listeners out there, Barry Baxton was um, uh, someone that we that we uh, came up with from our hometown of Littleton, which is a little halfling town. And this this was the guy in the town that 
you know, was kind of boastful and an asshole and, you know, always, always was the one that all of us was always like, ah, oh, Barry Baxton. And a smoking hot wife though. And he had, yes, he, exactly. <laughs> always yeah. lording over about it. Yeah. There's maybe a little bit of envy there and a little bit of, you know, like legitimately like that guy sucked. He definitely sucked. Yeah, he sucked. But yeah, the, 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 the shared backstory, the, the party of like largely like amiable, uh, you know, good characters um, was a nice departure from kind of the standard mur- mo- uh, murder hobo fare that you, that you wind up getting. Um, Especially in the previous campaign, which was nearly straight murder hoboed. Yes, absolutely. Um, murder hoboken. Yeah, it was pretty refreshing. From the like the Port Nianzaru section of the the campaign, so you know you guys got teleported to uh, a strange world. Um, one thing that surprised me is that you didn't spend a ton of time exploring Port Nianzaru. Like there's, there were, from from my perspective, there was like a lot of content available there. Um, oh really? Huh? Like, like a, yeah, pretty decent amount. Um, that I felt compelled in character to leave as soon as humanly possible. I did as may, well. May, yeah. Maybe that bled out. Personally, and this is something that um, just I, I I feel I, I feel like big cities in role playing environments are a bit intimidating. Like I feel like there's just it's too open-ended and you know like you can go and go down these rabbit holes but ultimately like i don't want to be like trouncing around a city i want to go i want to be doing something yeah i i I don't disagree with that that it does feel a little bit directionless um you know kind of the hooks that i had given you were the the bookie that was um yeah there was some adventure like the 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 guy who was looking for help with the pirates um, the dinosaur races. There were there were a couple things, um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you guys are jockey sized. Like that's not. Oh you, man, dude, Bumbo never got I didn't his even dinosaur think about mount. That. <laughs> uh, that's right. Bumbo always wanted a dino mount. Um, but yeah, I don't think that you guys made necessarily the wrong decision. Um, I think the content outside of that is better anyway. Um, it was just when I when I was prepping that section. I wound up prepping a ton that you guys didn't do. Oh, there's all um, these interesting plots going on in the city, yeah, and there's so, this thing over here, and yep. there's this encounter I can spring on them whenever I need to. Um, and we're like, we're leaving, goodbye. Uh, but you did um, have a fun time trying to spring um, <laughs> your compatriots out of, uh, out of prison by making guards shit themselves. That was fun. Uh, no, no, that was that was no, that Dave. was me. Shat ourselves. Was, oh yeah, that was Dave. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it <laughs> magically shit his pants. Yeah, Dave, Dave magically uh, pressed the digitated shit in his pants. Um, yeah, so the, the, the Port Nianzaru section was, I think, only two sessions long total. Um, it was really just, you know, find out why you're there and then find a guide. And then you guys bounced. Um, yeah. Which led into the, the hex crawl portion of of the campaign which was well, all, all, uh, oh, sorry, that, that, that quick that quickly skips over like one of our like enchanted moments of of all of the guides picking like i mean i i have no idea what a better guide could possibly have been than a fighter four levels over than us yes. older over us 
with no negatives, like she doesn't backstab us ever, like and is good at her job, and had a side quest too to and, boot. Yeah, and and had and had a plot hook of like you don't have to pay me if you bring me to this place, which is going to be a fun. Yeah, you you were talking about some of the others, and I actually I have some some friends of mine are running Tomb of Annihilation like back like ten sessions from us, which is hilarious. But hearing them like they went through like four or five different guides who either like died or betrayed them or what have you. Oh no! Yeah, most most of them are really shitty. Um, Either are straight up evil. So there's one that is a, a Yanti that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's just straight up evil. Um, a couple that are just completely incompetent. Um, but yeah, overwhelmingly, you guys got the 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 best guide. Well, I mean, you you skipped one of one of Dave's prime moments, which I know was early on, so we may have forgotten. But we we actually chose a different one first, and I think we chose I forgot who it was. It was like the guy with the veggie pygmy i think yeah the druid with the veggie pygmy <laughs> right and he started like he said like a one sentence i forgot what he said and dave was just like nope <laughs> and and that was the end of that guy yeah that guy was pissed that he some you you uh you summoned him there and and then i wish i remember what he said but it was it was very appropriate dave's dave's response was very appropriate and we're like yeah you're you're not it man let's go with the next one yeah, he just seemed incompetent. And I was like, no, nope, not this guy. <laughs> I can't remember what that guy's deal was. All I remember is that I hated him. Yeah. He was like, let me tell you my story. It starts like this. And we're like, no, no, you can <laughs> that stop. That might have just been it. Might have just had the long backstory. I'm like, no, we're, we're not doing this. <laughs> that's not what That's not what we're here for. But yeah, so what you were saying about the, the sort of shift into the hex crawl, yeah, so there was a um, like a pretty big, you know, pretty big departure from my D and D experience, um, where like this is actually the first hex crawl that I've done um, in a role playing campaign. It's the first time I've ever heard the term hex crawl. Yeah, um, either as a player or a DM, I've, I've never done one. Um, you know, when a hex crawl is essentially, you know, you have a map with a bunch of hexes and you roll. Um, you're kind of wayfinding to to explore this uh, this map that's all unrevealed, um, and then you roll a whole bunch of random encounters for every day that you're traveling. Um, and one of the kind of interesting things I thought was that they don't give you a ton of guidance in where you're supposed to be going in the hex. Like when you when you guys started out the hex, you basically had Azaka's side quest and like a vision from a priest and that was about it as far as like where to go um, well no we were looking yeah we we were look we knew we were looking for the soulmonger yes. but we had no idea what that was and we were basically looking to find more information about it yeah but so, yeah so i like guess that, like, that's pretty pretty directionless because like we had no no uh um you know leads right yeah so i guess my first question would be did you find that like kind of open-endedness or directionlessness um, problematic? Like, was that a downside or a negative in any way? Or, like, did you like being able to just, you know, um, you know go through the map and, and kind of hope to find, you know, the next hook? Because uh, you were given one with the Zaka side quest, but that was about it. Um, I don't think we ever felt 
or I never felt hanging of like, wait, so what are we doing now then? Um, because things just kept lining up from, like you said, that first uh, side quest and then out. Like there was always something else going on. And if there ever wasn't, at a certain point, we sort of like revealed enough that we could have potentially made our own next choice without needing another hook. Um, but that all came organically. Um, the, the, it seems like the module has just tons and tons of different nooks and crannies of content there. And you did a really good job of, of threading them. And then we just kind of flipped stuff over and went. Yeah, yeah guys, I think that, sorry, that we were, uh, I, I think that we were fortunate in the, the areas that we chose to go to. Um, and, and maybe that's just the design of the module. Maybe that, you know, that, that each one has some kind of hook to another one. But um, I, I, I would agree that I, I never felt like we were in a spot where we were directionless or like, well, what do we do now? Like we always had something to do. I, I, I will say that those early, those first few f sessions of the hex crawl, I think when you were following them, like, you know, by the T of exactly how they should be ran, they were challenging. Um, I, th I think that that was probably, probably some of the less fun uh, parts of the campaign, but I think that you sensed that too. And you know, we, we adapted, I think that you, you know, you kind of modified the way that those random encounters work and just the, how the whole hex crawl works, because it was, it's very tedious if you, if you do it as written. Yeah. Rules as written. The hex crawl is, is tedious is a good word for it. Um, it's definitely not as much fun as it could be. Um, one of the big things was that I guess probably after two or three sessions of hex crawl, maybe it, I just stopped rolling for what encounter you would get. Um, I would roll to see if you would get an encounter because um, I thought that, that was an okay amount of luck. Um, but I basically just went through the the book and picked out the fun ones. And, you know, just generic fight usually wasn't going to, to be enough to warrant kind of the slowdown in the session, right? Because, you know, a fight, even a simple fight takes an hour. Um, you know, it's just to keep things moving and, you know, oh, we're going to fight a single, you know, triceratops and we're going to murder it, but it's going to take an hour of time and nobody's going to really enjoy that fight. Uh, just wasn't worth it. So going through and picking out the, the individual fights that were meaningful. Uh, and then once I got through those, um, just creating my own, like what encounters would be fun. Uh, Did you pick out the giant turtles that almost murdered us or was that random? I, I, I created that. Oh, man. That was the most terrifying fight of the whole campaign. Those fucking turtles. Wait, remind me again of that encounter. There yeah. was just it. It was just two giant turtles in a river, and we were trying to cross the river, and the turtles came very close to murdering all of us. Yeah, that was early. I vaguely remember that. Did they have guys riding on them? No, no, no. no those are the rafts. Yeah, I, I know what you're thinking of. Okay, it was earlier than that. Yeah, it was I kind of lost. Earlier. I lost track with how many times I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were you were the cast. Probably four. So you were supposed maybe to maybe five. That that does bring. Um, I mean, in of... fairness, I was down to the last saving death throw. That's how close it was. <laughs> yeah, that happened a few times, didn't it? Only yep. once did I got to to two checks. I don't okay. know if I think. Sorry, Will. Were you starting to say? Yeah, no, that, that uh, so one, the, the snapping turtle as written was just supposed to be 
um, sunning itself on a shore. And so you would either encounter it and walk up to it and kill it or just leave. Um, so that, that was how it was written. Uh, I just changed it so that was two of them. And you guys had to swim across a river and um, subsequently or consequently uh, take, your, take your armor off, which is what led Dave to almost dying. Um, but, you know, the, the almost dying thing kind of brings up interesting thing when you when you read about this it's supposed to be pretty hard it's supposed to be you know a little bit unforgiving um and i found that largely that isn't the case and i think that it probably would be for inexperienced D players who don't know you know who don't turn into like tactics masterminds as soon as combat starts um but for you guys it was really it seemed like mostly a cakewalk with you know a couple of either lucky crits on their end or you know encounters that you just were so unprepared for um from a resource perspective um but you know did you guys get that feeling like was there ever a you know oh my character could actually die type of a a sense at the beginning of the campaign i i feel like it wasn't often combat that put us in danger but like different traps or kind of circumstances at least that's that's what is most memorable for me certainly my character i feel like there was a stretch uh in you know early to middle the last dungeon that like i was constantly just putting myself in really bad situations one after another like the boar head and uh the 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 body dead body room and yeah it was (laughs) it was very interesting to me that after 50 weeks or so like 45 weeks of you being so careful you were just like now nah, i'm gonna go explore this weird tunnel on my own uh um, while everybody I totally, else is looking at this magical pot um, i totally thought i totally thought you said something that, that like piqued my interest i was like oh I, th- I think i think he wants somebody to go down that tunnel well i i, nope. I mentioned that you saw it right but then you're like oh yeah i, I gotta know. go explore that thing there was there was something there was something, yeah. <laughs> something that uh it caught me. I just had to drag myself down there that very second while they were busy trying to have their shadows drink from a basin or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. The, the The traps for you were definitely uh, far worse. I don't think you guys were even downed very often. Um, Brian was a couple times. Yeah, no, I, yeah. my perspective on all of this is different because I was I was always one hit from going down. I don't know. I, I feel like we, we had a couple of rough fights and I oh. felt like there were there were several times where I was like, Oh, we're gonna wipe like the whole party. There was that fight with the acid trolls that was really that rough. Was, that was a tough fight. That was really tough. The first Yanti incursion. Yep. Almost every and, Yanti incursion. Yep. Some and there of was those all... those undead in the mine, there was at least one fight in there that got really dicey. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta say the there was also that the one fight in Omu where we were like fighting the guards, where like the first time we had to run away and then we came back, and even when we came back and we used like our Uber tactics, it was like a close thing. It's just I don't know. I I thought that the the fights were hard, and I really appreciate the difficulty. Uh, I never there were some things that felt easy, but overall nothing felt like a cakewalk. Yeah, there were a, there were enough hits. There were definitely a chunk of fights that were that were trivial that probably didn't want to be trivial, but were. Um, but 
mercifully, usually those went quicker um, because the interesting fights, usually the ones that, that sawed on because things have gone to shit and were triaging like crazy people. Um, and those are, of course, my favorite fights. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of, like, you know, as soon as everybody, re- like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk. Cool, you guys kill everything. There's no... Yes, you, you, you definitely had some good moments of that, just being like, and now the fight is over. We're done. Yeah, there's there's no point in going on in this. Um, I think one, of the, big, one of the bigger disappointments was that Minotaur that hopped out of the maze and then just kind of, like, stood there going blow for blow and we killed it. It was like, huh. The one that missed... Every oh, it's because he just kept missing. Just kept missing. Yeah, that that thing would have fucked you up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah, if it just didn't roll so badly. Um, I mean, it was a Minotaur Berserker. Like that thing, the thing was actually pretty tough. Um, yeah, but all what's interesting, the fights that you had mentioned as like you know just now, those were all things I created that they weren't in the book. Oh, I, I think it was pretty clear that our level plus tactics were much too high for the for the encounters as written. Yeah, I think I think for me, I, I had never played with or played as an artificer before, um, and per- particularly the battlesmith artificer is very powerful. Um, but it's it's a bit deceptive because it's one of these classes that like starts off so bad like the first level artificers first few levels are just so bad like uh, you're just a bad everything and then all of a sudden maybe like around level like four or five you become just a better everything so that it, it got to a point where um i just stopped casting blur because i realized that like okay blur plus high ac is just broken like nothing nothing can hit me and that's that's just not fun anymore so <laughs> i think for half the campaign i just stopped casting blur because it was just it was just stupid i figured you stopped because we weren't even taking enough damage that you were like eh, might as well go offense instead well, yeah i mean that was that was the next thing like even without casting blur you yeah. know the my my ac was high and i had pretty good pretty good hit points and very good saves um our saves we could have a podcast about those yeah 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 i mean for yeah our our party and 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 this wasn't done intentionally but our party was optimized for high saves like ridiculously high saves and ridiculously high saves that we could that we could burst you know when necessary so like i could react and give you plus five to your save if you needed it but if you already rolled high that's good you didn't need it Um, then then adam had his inspiration from the bards and right. then Dave got his his save plus, aura, plus so we just stacked all these things, and, and it was just safety nets. Yeah, uh, occasionally we had bless up. It just it, and, we were, and we were halflings. And yeah, we've got like and resistance to a bunch yeah. of stuff and and luck and yeah, it was a uh, yeah. It made it an interesting thing where like you know I think past level like seven or so, you guys were basically always going to make your saves and. Um, and Andrew was very, very difficult to hit. So it made balancing encounters um, pretty pretty trying, <laughs> um, which I think came across a couple times. I'm like, God damn it, I spent so much time trying to figure out how to make this fight fun, and you guys just walk in and murder it. Um, but yeah, just to 
kind of the, the for the hex crawl portion to kind of wrap that up i want to like go through you know everybody's highlights of like what what was the most memorable thing from that um for me it was probably you guys um rolling over 30 um or, or adam rolling over 30 to convince azaka who is deathly afraid of heights to climb up the side of the mountain on rickety steps uh, up to Kirsabal, um, you know, against basically all of her wishes. Um, you just kept like I was like, cool, make 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 your make your uh, your persuasion check like DC thirty, and then like next one DC thirty five. And Bumbo was a charismatic motherfucker, and every time just rolled really really well, and so we got to have fun. You know, with this uh, this guide who has PTSD from being 500 feet uh, off the ground. <laughs> My bio has one sentence. It says, afraid of heights. <laughs> it is like the cornerstone of my personality, and you just took it from me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, those, those, all my social checks are pumped, and I was happy I got to use it then because... I feel like I feel like there was nobody else to talk to in the jungle, but it was worth that. It was worth, it was worth convincing her to climb up the mountain and then jump in a bag to be flown <laughs> flown across the jungle. Right, because she didn't even get to fly after it. Every, the rest of us all got it. We were like, never mind. Th- <laughs> yeah, thanks, sorry, thanks for coming sorry. up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We convinced her up, and then yep. she's like, well, well, now what? <laughs> like, we'll go back down again. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was good. We didn't have a uh, yeah, we didn't have a feather for her. <laughs> um, flying was my favorite part of the hex crawl. Um, because it just felt really good to buzz around for a bit. Um, and it being temporary and after having explored for a bit was like the perfect perfect pacing time for it. Yeah, I had to modify uh, the the rules there because it was supposed to be a. Th- third or quarter of the amount of time that i gave you um yeah basically it wouldn't have saved you any time because the time it took to get to nangalore to get the item that was needed and then back to cure sabal was basically the amount of time that you would have had to fly so it's like that fly would have been terrible then we'd be like well what are we gonna do like i don't know go go back it was nice because we yeah it was nice because we spent a bunch of time like spending the time on different things and making interesting choices about it. Yeah, flying flying did feel good after the initial slog of the hex crawl. You're you're right about that. It was like uh it was like the perfect boost. It, you know, it felt powerful and felt cool after kind of, you know, stumbling our way through the jungle and like getting lost in circles and stuff. Just be able to kind of, you know, just beeline it in the direction we thought cool shit was. And that was actually my favorite part of that early uh section i think just finding like wacky random shit in the jungle um you know it i feel like the hex crawl itself wasn't you know the mechanics weren't necessarily memorable but the um you know the stuff that we found i feel like uh that stuck with me for the campaign like that was a lot of fun stuff yelly the goblins we talked about uh vorn um, you know, that bridge that uh, we had to solve the, the puzzle, you know, after cleaning it. There was, a, there was a bunch of cool random shit in the jungle. Like, even even the stuff we did, like, um, you know, making that raft to, uh, you know, go down the river. Like, I, 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 don't, 
I think that was completely us, right? So that was like yeah, a, absolutely. just a cool little memorable thing that uh, we came up with just to kind of bypass the, the hex crawl. You know, we wanted to catch that feeling of flight again. <laughs> so we just kind of whipped up something like based on, we're like, I don't know, we got some wood and a robot thing. And we have an artificer and we're just going to strap these ropes to this, this shield guardian and let him march underwater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the raft is probably one of my highlights also. I just really enjoyed that, that solution and just imagining um, our characters rolling down the river like that with the scintillating colors of the tiny hut in the middle of it and fishing off the sides and skeletons hanging onto it and swimming under the water. Like a houseboat cruising. <laughs> Um, Dave, what about you? Actually, you really like the mechanics of the hex crawl. <laughs> like, I really liked flipping the hexes. Like, that felt insanely satisfying, especially after, like, two or three sessions of, like, snail's pace stuff. And then, uh, you know, we got these little burst moments where we were either rolling lucky or, you know, eventually flight, and then the raft, it just, like, to go from a moment of being like, oh, we only get to see a little peak of this land and then ultimately getting to a point where we got to see the bulk of it rapidly felt good. Yeah, I did, I did like, um, you know, you guys kind of unlocking the next steps based on on what you found sometimes. Like um, the heart of Uptow, you guys only got to because you randomly flew past it. Um, and a couple other things, which was... Yeah. How else were, the, were we supposed to get up there? Um, you you would have been able to essentially uh, like randomly talk to Valindra if she was outside of her little room. Okay. And she might have like portaled you up. Okay. Or come down. Andrew, what about you? Um, you know, I think I think it was our encounter with the with the group that was trying to. I was trying to hustle us <laughs> and the, the reason i say that is because you know clearly it was a battle that we rolled um but i feel like there are there are some battles that are you know rolling a battle isn't isn't bad in in and of itself it's just you know you don't want to do that every time but that was one that we that we kind of knew that they shouldn't be pressing and we tried to convince them not to and they did and we're like okay like if if you're gonna force our hand and then we will murder you but we would really prefer you not force our hand and then and then we did and it there was it was it was also kind of a realization of like you know how powerful we we had become because we we hadn't been that powerful in the past you know we had i think we had struggled early on um and like you know we had we had some powerful moments but that was the first battle when i was like okay like we are we are a force to be reckoned with yeah, for the first few sessions, Azaka definitely carried your group from a, a DPS standpoint. Um, yes, right. Just standing there with her longbow, killing things. Until I, until I got my minions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should t we should talk a second about necromancers. That's that's a good segue. Yeah, it turns out, <laughs> turns out, if animate dead as written. Yeah, and that's all you use your spells on. Um, is very very good. Um, Brian, how many skeletons at one point did you have? I think 18 was kind of the, the high water mark. 
and not just very good it is it is broken it is it is binary broken it is either <laughs> it is either creatures can take damage from your skeletons because they take damage from from non-magical items um and in that case skeletons are broken or creatures don't take damage from non-magical damage or from non-magical items and they are completely useless so that was the struggle there there is no way no way to balance them in between that it was either they do all the damage or they do no damage there were a number of other ways to stop them from doing their thing but what it all came down to it, it is like like are they able to attack and deal damage yes then we kill the thing and there's a lot of ways to stop that from happening one of them being aoe <laughs> yeah it was from my perspective balancing like it felt bad designing fights where like I was like, oh, I need something that kills all of Brian's skeletons in the first round. And Which, like, in that's... fairness, I didn't really mind that much. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's fine. Um, I get the fun of, I get the fun of um, uh, uh, keeping track of where and when they've died and loading them back up again. I enjoyed that aspect of it quite a bit. Yeah, for my end, like, the, the list of, I mean, I say plausible monsters, but, like, you know, the kind of the list of generic monsters out in the jungles of, of Chult were didn't really have much aoe and so it became like designing like oh you run into this special thing that happens to be here every time um so yeah then then that got nixed pretty hard one of i think my failings as a dm is not properly figuring out an alternative um there was no good solve honestly like what what could you have done to like balance raise undead well, I gave I gave him I gave him Skelly. I gave him the big Skelly instead. Yes. Yeah, but that's you. Skelly. That's you solving. I I think that five E just has a big hole in it, and that's I mean it has many holes, but like necromancy, or not even necromancy, just like raise undead as a wizard spell is ridiculously OP if if used even. I mean it, it's not even used in a creative way, like. Right, it's like, what do you do? Well, like you cast it. Yeah, it says on the spell, you find the bodies. Then you get it to the point where you cast it every morning and reanimate four of them. So then you have that number of slots times blah blah. Like, do that. Okay, great. Now, what, what's what's the the end result? Twelve d six damage around. Okay. Yeah, I, I did like the visual of um, of you collecting every corpse and shoving it into the bag of holding. And like, oh yeah, no, no, you know. the, the 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 battle potency is that was this big part. So I'm not sure you guys are kind of reacting of like, oh, there's no way you can fix that. I mean, you just I thought Skelly was a a fine starting point of a fix. I regret also not more actively iterating on finding a better compromise spot, but yeah, bygones. Um, but as written, no, of course you can't. Like it's it's it is broken. Yeah, it's pretty busted. I would also argue in general, um, all pets suck out a lot of fun from combat. Pets suck. Yeah, yeah. because they, they do two things, which is one, they give such advantage to the players who always have typically advantage in action economy uh, anyway. So you're just you're just further stacking that action economy. And then on top of that, it just gives certain players double turns yeah not having a pet while other people have pets is fucking weak it's boring brian brian tell us tell us the the quick version of the story of the dm of the game you dm'd where the guy had like 12 dogs 
<laughs> what? Oh God! No, they just would like uh, RPGA min maxers who'd be like, "I have trained dogs," and then like you have twelve of them, so it's like, "There you go." I just roll twelve attacks. Okay. I have fifty um, starting gold. I hire a bunch of trained dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way to way to ruin it for everyone, buddy. Yeah. So Brian Brian wasn't allowed to use his skeletons after. Um, it didn't I, even really I, like. I spent a while building a map. So one of the tools that I used um, that I that I quite enjoyed was a map making tool called uh, Incarnate. Um, and I spent a while, you know, building this battle map for this, you know, fun little like desert encounter at the southern end of Chult, um, with uh, a couple of dinosaur and dinosaur riders. Um, and Brian did 350 damage in one round. And then we stopped allowing skeletons. Was it that high? Uh, Something like that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was insane. It, it was. It, it was, was in the three figures. Was it? Yes. No, I think it was like one fifty. I don't remember ever. Well, oh. it, it was definitely higher than that. Yeah. It was very, very high. Um, well, those well, guys must have really low, low ACs or something. Yeah, I mean they're 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 beasts, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. They just have a bunch of hit points, and you're not I, supposed to kill them from yeah. that far away. I feel like the next. Or soon, the next in, by the next encounter, I'd gotten Skelly as a replacement instead, right? Yes. Was that because yeah. I don't remember? Okay, that, that was the last straw. Yeah, so that that was right before, and that's that's probably a good place to um, to transition because that was the encounter before you got to Omu, and right, um, and Omu the campaign where, changed. Yeah, and the campaign changed from a uh, hex crawl <clears throat> to the exploration of the city, and became largely uh, puzzle based. Um, which for me was a lot of fun, like watching you guys figure out and solve those those puzzles, some of which were incredibly easy and some of which, you know, I would <laughs> run by my wife beforehand. I'm like, like, can you solve this? And she's like, no, God, no. Um, but eventually, like, I don't think I had to give you any hints in, in Omo for any of the puzzles, which was, which was pretty nice. Um, and you guys didn't seem to get frustrated. You just really dug in to try to solve. Well, when at least when I got frustrated, enough other people weren't yet. Yeah, and, and uh, Schulteis and Hausen were like the MVPs of... of I remember Dave having one really awesome one. I can't remember what it is now. Yeah, I love the puzzles. The puzzle... Omu in general was my favorite part of the whole campaign. Like, the ping pong between lots of great puzzle solving and fun combat, like the UNT stuff like we talked about before was so good um yeah and I, and just just one last note on the UNT section is that i loved when you were doing the fights the thing that was the constant mind fuck that felt great was we would go into a fight that we had no business rolling into and then we would start the fight and we'd be like yeah this seems like yeah we could take this we could take this and then like five rounds later there were like still more ads coming after like two rounds of other ads. And we we're like, what the fuck are we doing? We're going to die. We got to get out of here. Like right now that felt really good. Like, and some got, really good mount stacking bullshit yeah. of like, Hey, we can all fit on these mounts, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was like, so pissed these... about those mounts, but I feel like we, we would have died without them. And it, I mean, it didn't seem unrealistic. Like we were in battle and we had to retreat, you know, like these things were faster than us on foot. Like what other, 
we didn't have any other option to retreat other than on our mounts. The, 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 the problem I had with the mounts in the dungeons is largely how mounted combat works and being able to like split movement and like it just it gave it gave essentially like as players where your your tactics are already so good um it gave you just another tool in your tool belt to abuse um it also negated the one major downside of playing a party of all halflings yeah it's that your movement speed is now not 25 right it's not, not and, uh, hey that's why i took phantom steed <laughs> um that but, one i also conveniently for, uh, forgot to keep using um for for will's sanity's sake yes yeah, so the, the dm has to have fun too dm can get frustrated um the yanti fight uh that whole place if it was done as written you would have walked in and murdered everything um so oh, that, that was wow that was okay. very very heavily modified holy cow really yeah um so like the 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 big bad, the 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 Yanti anathema, like was not part of that. That was. Were we over leveled by that point? That's the thing I'm kind of curious about. Like, what was the level range of this module supposed so to be? Do they have any notes about this? Five through seven. So you weren't over leveled, based what on level. Were we there? I like, don't. You're like six thought... or seven. Were we? I thought we were like nine. No, we. No, you didn't get that until you were in the, the temple. Um. Yeah, you you were like as the module states, you were at the appropriate level, but you were way too powerful. Was was Rosna C supposed to be in there? Yeah, um, but I buffed their hit points a lot to make those fights last. Yeah, he was beefy. Um, yeah, but I, I liked the you know, it didn't, something didn't feel right about you guys just walking up to the front door of this Yanti stronghold. Um, and being able to like, there should have just been, you know, an overwhelming amount of of snake people for you to to, to fight. Um, and it took you know, three three attempts of infiltrating this place in order to you know in order in order to to finally solve it. Um, I did like our plan of give us what we want, or we're gonna just keep killing you. I mean, it it worked, right? They came they came and they came and dealt with you. Yeah. Was that Yanti priestess? Yeah, in the, the uh, written in the module. Yeah, so she exists as written. She and she wants you to assassinate. Um, yeah, uh, Ross. I can so, o- so so sorry. Go. I can almost imagine it like the 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 fortress itself has like a bunch of like plot hooks and important NPCs that are there to like like give openings for DMs to like improvise different ways for the players to get in. Our version was just kill people at the front door for a while. Yeah. The. Um the kind of the way that that hook is designed to work is that you get captured by the mm. auntie and then the priestess like makes the deal with you as you know captors like i will you know release you and if you go kill this person you ain't gonna get captured with pcs yeah exactly um capture is worse than death absolutely Wait, so if if we had died in there that first time and like didn't have our mounts we would just go into Yanti jail and the priestess would yep would help us okay ooh Yanti jail this sounds pretty good uh you you found Yanti jail there were there oh were, right yeah there were the pits on there do we get to go in the bloodbath how did they end up you let them all go yeah um i thought they were just going to get eaten in the jungle i mean that's, that's yeah. probably what wound up happening with I, them 
I'm sure every single one of those prisoners died. Yeah, and that snake bailed, and Adam was so sad that he didn't get that gigantic snake as a mount. Also not a mount. <laughs> um, I feel like I was punishing Adam for my hate. For our sins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of love the, the puzzle section of of um, the, the uh, I think you know probably the last thing we'll talk about from the Omo section just to keep this moving uh, is the the murder rampage um, that Andrew went on with the Grungs um, that were just defending their their little temple just wanted them to leave and uh, the 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 lawful evil Grungs I just have one question is this the, is this the last time we relit re, we relitigate this, or are we going to be talking about this for years? Oh, this this will this will be a nostalgia Forever. thing where you know this character, this this party of largely good characters who's been, you know friendly to basically everything. Um, Andrew offered uh, made an offering to their temple of of some gold pieces, and they threw it back in his face, and and he went into a blind rage. And we followed suit, of course, so I'm not going to sugarcoat our contribution. No, I mean, once once, once first a blood halfling throws down, the other halflings join in. Where where go one, go we all. Yeah, that's, that's or we the, go all, little we go one. Rules. I just, I sapped them all. I didn't kill them. <laughs> yeah, we were doing some After you damage. killed half of them, you were like, okay, we can put them to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can put them to sleep, all right. Yeah, we have I don't a, know why you guys why you guys are so hung up on killing lawful evil monsters. Well, because they didn't do anything to you. They did. Yeah, they, it was just they how literally, we yeah. they literally attacked us. But they did. They, they literally missed. didn't. I'm and, pretty and sure missed. you attacked them first. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they fired a couple of warning shots they did that fight. I made explicitly clear. They like it seems very obvious they're not trying to hit you. That doesn't that doesn't matter if there were warning shots or not. If you're gonna if you're gonna pick up arms. You're gonna pick up arms against someone. Um. You, and you you need to be ready for the consequences. Like this is the way the world works, man. Yeah, I feel like the that jungle that had baby. an impact on Dave's character, um, which you know seemed to have some lasting role playing effects, which was good. Yeah, it was fun. It was it was like the the big like oh man who's the real bad guy here moment. And I like that. I don't think there was much talking at the campfire that evening. No. <laughs> <laughs> I no, couldn't then... say a word over you eating all those roasted frog legs. And then you freeing the, uh, finding the, the grung prisoner. The kid. Um, yeah. The kid. I fucking, as soon as I was like, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's going to be the one that talks common. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, it's my family. Yeah. And then just letting him go back to his temple. He's like, I gotta go home. You're like, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely don't know what happened there. <laughs> um, he was a latchkey grung. Good thing there's no uh, uh, closed circuit TV or, or surveillance cameras. Yeah, and then so eventually after after um, you know figuring out all the puzzles in Omu, you got to the, the final part of, of the campaign. So the the uh, the tomb of annihilation, you know the the namesake of of. The it's module. not the namesake of nobody calls it that. Fair enough. Um, which uh, 
had one of the more fun things for me, which I've mentioned a couple times in, during sessions, uh, is that you know the trickster gods, you know, where you had to solve puzzles to get into the the tomb. Um, as you uncovered their sarcophagi, um, the trickster gods would inhabit the the PCs and give them uh, boons and flaws. And the flaws were some of my favorite things um, because it it required interesting role playing or, or, or enabled interesting role playing um, yes. opportunities, which was a lot of fun. And it you know made you you know forced you into some tactical mistakes that you know as PCs you'd never ever would do, um, but made kind of the entire thing more interesting in general. Absolutely, uh, the only the only thing I would say is I feel like it would have been nice to force rotation of the gods even or chances of them like once I got mine I was like well I'm never giving this up and it would have been nice to have been forced to experience different uh, character traits yeah that's actually a good note that's not even that's something I hadn't thought of um, and had I that definitely would have been implemented because that would have been a lot of fun like basically I mean uh, uh, a from a DM side, I would imagine something like touching the, the sarcophagus isn't the person that gets it. Instead, it like emerges and either like rolls to see who it goes to, or maybe you can like bargain with it um, to like try to encourage it. But, you know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Brian's, an interesting idea. Brian's, Brian's OP ability needed to be rotated out. <laughs> yeah, we were all really OP though. Yeah, I was, yeah. I didn't. I never got to tell you guys, but the the flaw of my first god was I always had to tell the truth, and I'm like, I always tell the truth anyway. <laughs> so like, that's not really a flaw. Um, mine was I wasn't supposed to care about anybody else's well being, um, but that kind of went pretty well with um, me having like five hit points and you guys <laughs> going into all of the rooms. I'm like, you guys are gonna be fine. Just go right ahead. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, was that your flaw? I was wondering. Yes. I don't remember a flaw. I had, I had a flaw. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Every Unc, every time. Unks was indecision. <laughs> uh, which yeah, which perfectly. Which is strange because sometimes you were pretty decisive. Appropriate. Yeah, actually, I think strangely, I might have become more decisive after I got that. Just oh yeah, my, did, did, did the boar the come? Bef- did the boar come before or after that? Um, I My believe flaw it came was, uh, I believe it was before. Okay. Mm. What were we saying, Andrew? My flaw. My flaw was that I was um, risky and like headstrong. Oh right, yeah, yes, yeah. That that, that was obvious pretty quickly. Well, the, so the, my sorry. Go ahead, Will. Well, you had two flaws, right? Because you you swapped them out. The first one was that you were risk averse entirely. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which was already true to your your character. Right, exactly. That that one was true. But then after that, yeah, I I took risks. But um, I'm not sure what what your gods told you in the last room. But but my god told me that that I am compelled to basically to sacrifice myself in a blaze of go- of glory. Oh wow! Oh, that's why you sprinted the lich. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Thank God for polymorph. Oh, by the way, that last fight was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Yes. I was, what, I was, what did your gods tell you on the last battle? I was compelled to try and, try and talk to it. Maybe it's misunderstood. 
I mean, that's what what I would have wanted to do. Yeah, I'm pretty game. sure we did we did both of those things. Oh, I tried. Well, I just tried to probe its mind. <laughs> it's not exactly talking. Oh, but... you you left before um before I revealed that it uh it speaks only in evil obscenities. <laughs> um, and in celestial. Yeah, in celestial. Evil celestial obscenities. It's it's like wiping your ass with the uh, with silk. With, with silk, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um yeah, the, the there were a couple times so so the tomb is supposed to be pretty hard um and deadly. And there were a couple it, times that it was. You guys, That's legit. Yeah, you guys legitimately almost wiped. Um the thing that stood out for me was when you when all signs pointed to the next room is probably going to be a boss. Oh my god. And you opened the door anyway. Um was a really interesting choice to me. Our fucking gods, man. It was me and Andrew's gods <laughs> were like, just do the dumb thing. We're like, okay, we'll be dumb. Well, in fairness, oh. you have six intelligence. Yeah. Um so. I I actually legitimately because we hadn't encountered bosses in in here, like mini bosses, so I legitimately did not think that there was going to be a mini boss in there, nor an, a globe or an orb that attracts all metal to it. Like, there, so, there was, I was I was caught off guard with both of those things. So I remember this really specifically because I, I was actually with you, Andrew. I was just like, oh, we'll just go in, whatever. But then Adam was like, guys, this is the doom door that you've just collect all of the keys for. And I'm like, oh no, we shouldn't. But like, basically that bit flipped as you were like pushing the door open, I was like, yeah, well, maybe it'll work out. It didn't. <laughs> yeah, and kind huh. of as designed, that is a really rough fight. Um, I didn't change anything in that fight. Jesus. At all. Um, that, that I ran as written. I mean, you're fighting an invisible beholder, which is... Pretty rough. Pretty is he just permanently invisible? Like, that's just per a... Permanently invisible. That's, um, that's, that's some CR bullshit. Yeah, with with a an orb, a black sphere, the magnetism that, orb. Yeah, that sucked Andrew. Like, I was pretty sure Andrew was gonna have to reroll character. I thought yes, I, I thought so I too. thought he was dead. I mean, Dave the, with his tarp. Yeah, holy shit. The, the only reason that that I didn't was because Dave Dave made a pretty good DC check on on like randomly thinking like, well, maybe if we cover it, then it will deactivate it. Like that was that was us going which, out on a limb, and it which I never would have figured out if we didn't take a break in between sessions. Oh, oh yeah. that's fair. Yeah, no, we I were just, we were talking. Yeah, but we always ask like we always act like idiots at the end of sessions, anyways, yeah. when it's like twelve thirty. But we were chatting in Slack that entire week, and we're like, okay, like, yes, what? Yeah, well, you don't know about do? this, but we strategize <laughs> a lot. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I remember seeing some of its. Uh, that was public over yeah. into D and D. Um, we had a private chat too. Yeah, and I, I was I was completely okay with that because I was like, "This is this is gonna possibly TPK." Like at the very least, Andrew was dying. Yes. Like there was no way I I couldn't figure out that there was gonna be a way around Andrew dying. Like he is stuck to the side of this orb, while a beholder just floats around shooting beams at him. Didn't yep. seem so good. No, it did not. Um, but, saving throws, baby. Yeah. Oh, and we we did skip away over the one other time I thought Andrew was going to die, which was out in Omu when, um, in one of the temples, there was a trap with the cube. 
Um, yeah. A stone. You know, yeah, with a, with a statue reaching for the cube uh, that was that was petrified. Um, and Andrew just decided to pick it up and run out of the the temple and and turn to stone. He was he was petrified, saved only by the insanity of of Brian's necromancer using the only charm of greater restoration that they had, um, not on himself to regain all of his his hit points. Or Which to... Andrew was was fervently um, uh, uh, trying to convince me that I should do it. Uh, it actually worked out because <laughs> you would not have gotten your hit points back anyway. <gasps> yeah. So one of the one of the difficulties of the soulmonger is that any hit points lost to uh, max hit point loss um, is permanent. Can't be undone. Can't sure. be undone. Um, hmm. Like that part of your life force is, enters the soulmonger. Um, right. So yeah, you would have wasted your charm of greater restoration. Um, but luckily, instead of doing that, you just shoved a a gem into your forehead. Um, Still have that other one. Yep. Uh, and those those actually were not as written. So those I made in order to give you guys outs in case you died. Because mm. um, I also thought that I put a fun timer on the game at that point as well. Because you're just ticking down. And I stalled it until I got the feet for extra hit points and then the, uh, yep. the class ability to be immune to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but back in, in the tomb, the other times that you guys <laughs> almost died, um, you almost TPK'd to that boar trap. Um, I basically feel like that was a TPK that you were like, yeah, yeah let's that, just that, not that do was this. The, that was the one. But that one, that one, that one would have just felt like felt terrible. Yeah, it would have felt bad, right? Um, yeah, it was the one time that I intervened, being like, yeah, you can make this check. Like, go ahead, go ahead. Um, but it was funny just watching each of you. Despite your amazing saves, failure saves. Fail. Yeah, finally <laughs> fail in like the most deadly way possible, putting your head into this boar's mouth, waiting to be bitten to death. Um, it was pretty amusing to me, but then it would have it would have felt cheap at that point. Yeah, that would have sucked. I gotta say though, in general, I I dis I kind of disliked a lot of the traps in the final dungeon because they were very cheesy. Moon logic. Yeah. yeah, the the moon logic drove me crazy. What? How were sometimes we... it was worse than others. So so I'll say so. That. In fairness, the tapestries that you guys had to walk through described exactly what was going to happen to you. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it it's not like that. That one I didn't really have a problem with. The one that I had a problem with was I still don't understand what what was the solution to the one that I forgot who somebody crawled into a crawl space and it like rotated. That was Adam. Yeah. Like, if he wasn't able to teleport, how was he ever going to be able to get out of there? Like, somebody would have had yeah, to stay so, in Yeah, so you would have had to just put enough weight onto a switch. I thought we tried that. No, you tried yeah. a bird, and you didn't weigh enough. Mm. Okay. Yeah, the thing that drove me crazy about that is that we couldn't detect the switch. Well, in fairness, the only thing that was going down that hallway at that point was the bird. I thought that we, yeah, I thought that we, like, investigated it. And you're like, yeah, you don't find anything. Yeah, I don't remember that, but it's possible. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought, like, the the traps in general were, like, punishing curiosity. That's and and a, and a lot of times also um, it was a situation where it was, like, you, you had to just, like, you would get stuck 
and oftentimes the the best course of action was like oh you just have to be brave and get a little bit lucky uh and you know it worked out sometimes worked out great <laughs> and other times it did not work out so good that, uh, that minotaur trap where you guys where you got teleported into the uh into the maze into the labyrinth um yep and then just immediately rolled the success on the 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 roll the random chart twice yeah twice yeah, one, i was one, like oh well yep you just get out awesome <laughs> so what was the other option run into that minotaur by ourselves yes yep and get murdered oh fuck man <laughs> and um, then what would happen if you died in there you just die yeah you just die yeah if you die I in mean, the maze you die in real uh, life yeah so the the minotaur i leveled up significantly <laughs> that minotaur was supposed to just be a, a, a regular cr2 minotaur <laughs> Um, which at that point in the game would have been no risk at all. Um, I don't understand what what group at that point in the dungeon. I know one, one on one would ever have a problem with the CR two minotaur. I have no Me, idea. yeah, I think well, no. You would have crashed it. I mean, I would have had that would have given it one saving throw, and then <laughs> maybe it would have gored <laughs> me to death. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if if any of the parties were at full resources, um then not so much the one of the things that i really took advantage of was the existence of the night hags in the dungeon not letting you guys sleep in order to deplete your resource pool oh yeah that was fantastic um that needed to happen so badly yeah and like the, the most fun for me was like the amount of sessions that you guys took trying to figure that out like what is going on oh here? and then we completely forgot we could cast that spell yeah we totally stopped using that spell after that um yeah <laughs> it, it, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun for me like you know you guys trying to figure out like no is this just this artifact of this dungeon like is this just bullshit that we're not supposed to be able to figure out or is um that was one of my favorite parts of of the campaign was just watching that long process of you um asking um what what is the that spell uh, astral contact contact uh, other plane contact other plane um, asking your questions and having this like just list of of and then, yes, ar- no. and then arguing in Slack for the week yeah exactly <laughs> it was it was it, it, it gave something fun to do in between sessions um, while you argued about what questions you should ask next in order to maximize information and how each of us were being assholes for uh, translating it in different sorts of ways as each other yep. Um, I think Adam, Adam got pretty close with a bunch of his guesses in Slack about like the things you should be asking, and then you're like, no, that's not the way that that would work. And then like you spent a session like asking other questions, and then like eventually you asked the ones Adam wanted you to ask, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, this is what's going. And on. it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Redemption. Fucking invisible space vampires. Yeah, Adam. Adam was all about it being in the bubble with us and we were I mean, all like no there's no way I, I it's just not some orb that floats around in the bubble with us I, I looked at the rules of the bubble and I was like listen this is, there's only a few things it could possibly be it's got to be one of these three or four things that, or it's just a fucking the whole campaign is just messing with us and, and then fuck that because I don't like that answer it's when, possible but I don't like it when you guys found out the answer did it feel satisfying like did it feel cheap or did you feel like, no. oh, okay, this no. is... What felt cheap was us all getting into the bag of holding and flying off to a corner. <laughs> I disagree, because we had no, actually, literally no awesome. way to 
actually deal with those hags. Like, I, I, uh, if we weren't going to come up with some sort of goofy solution like that, we we couldn't interact with them. We couldn't affect them. Like, we were just completely at their mercy. I did like that that we did our wackadoo solution, and then afterwards found out Dave could just cast Magic Circle. Um, yes, because it was it was a lot more it was a lot more fun to MacGyver it than to like cast the <laughs> fix the problem spell. Well, for me, when Dave finally realized that, I was like, "Fucking finally!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was a spell. I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> this is a spell?" Okay, yeah, that um, that spell is used in conjunction with um, that summoning spell. So I think the idea behind it is that you. You cast that, and then you summon a demon inside of it, so it can't attack you. Right, and then you can like charm it or something. Yeah, you can bind it. You it's, can bind it, right? It's like one of those like risky summoning spells. Right. Yeah. The the other room that I thought was going to be, um, speaking of demons, um, really brutal for you guys was that uh, like the mastodon devil room. Oh right. Which well, that was hard. Not really. I remember guys, it being terrible. Yeah, you guys did okay. Um, yeah, like you took a bunch of damage, but you largely did okay. I thought I thought that had a fun um, alternate ending if you guys were losing, where the um, Enrias, uh, however you pronounce that, the final devil would have bargained with you to sacrifice, like they would let you live if you sacri- sacrificed one of you. Oh God! And like, oh really? Yeah, and I, I was really hoping that we would get to that point um, because <laughs> that I thought cool. that would have been a lot of fun to watch happen. You you were really hoping it would be me that would get sacrificed. Well, let's be honest. Always. I mean, Barty <laughs> would have easily offered himself up. Yeah, I, I felt I felt like Bartholomew would have been the one to to be sacrificed. Yep. Um, yeah, you would have pulled a Black Widow. You wouldn't have. You guys wouldn't have had a choice. <laughs> you know, he would he would have knocked you unconscious to be the sacrifice. Speaking of not having a choice, what was the deal with that room that wanted to take an arm? Like I, that I, was I it. I don't remember. I mean, yeah, that was the deal. Uh, I don't remember exactly how we ended up getting ourselves trapped in there, but I remember thinking, <laughs> had we not figured out up, that, you picked up the crown. Is that what? Yeah. Is that what yeah. closed it? Okay. Well, yeah. Okay, that seems pretty obvious, and we probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, well, like Dave said, just be brave and hope that the dice work out. Yeah, there, there uh, are yes, some. I'll, we pulled a nice end round on that, though. I'll definitely agree with the the, the meme of like um, uh, uh, cur- curiosity was was punished, and like it was like okay, time to be really careful. Yeah, the um, the problem I had is that there it wasn't always clear in that what was the next step versus what was just a side room. Um, but yeah, I guess yes. that, you know, that kind of brings us to, to the last fight, which you touched on a little bit. Um, I had quite a bit of fun running the last fight. Um, I, I thought that it felt epic and like felt like a, a good kind of finale uh, to this. Um, did have to make a bunch of modifications. The Tropel wound up with like 3x the amount of hit points that he was supposed to have. Um, oh, wow, that many? Yeah, it was supposed to have two twenty five, and it yeah, not three x. It was like two two x, I guess. Yeah, I wound up with like. 40. Yeah, I think okay. that was that was appropriate. I feel like it had just the just the right amount. Yeah. Yeah, looking back at you guys, it only took four rounds to kill. Him. It felt so much longer though. Well, yeah. he had legendary actions. Plus, there was an ad. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it 
it dragged the fight out a little bit. Um, but I think the the cool mechanic that I didn't realize was going to be um, so cool at the you know when I was reading it and prepping it is the exhaustion from the whales. It's so good. That was um, brutal. Like you know, fi- like having a thing that actually hampered you guys a little bit was nice. Yeah, that was that was definitely uh, something that we had to that we had to deal with. Right, we couldn't ignore that one or clear it or anything like that. Yeah, it's funny because when the fight started, so my strategy was um, I just assumed one of us was immediately going to get. KO'd by the Lich because I'm like okay you know metagamey knowledge here Liches have power word kill none of us have hit points that are going to stay over 100 so I took my hope was like we can destroy the soulmonger leave the baby alive and like when the Lich shows up with the with the soulmonger destroyed then we can raise dead so we can basically negate power word kill uh, but the whale was, I was like, well, fuck that shit. Like, we got to kill this goddamn baby. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, these goddamn, this goddamn exhaustion is murdering us. Yeah, it was bad. That and we were rolling poorly with it as well. Well, it had a, oh, it we, had a DC we 19. We fucked up that entire fight. What, what's that, Will? It, it was a DC 19 save, so it was pretty high. Oh, wow. Um, is that as written? Yeah. And it's um, supposed to use that every round? So it ha- it is a legendary action that costs three actions, um, but it is overwhelmingly the most fun one. Mm. So it kept doing it. Um, also, you kept hitting it with fireballs, so it felt like its screaming was appropriate. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, so the the curse necklace. Um, oh God, oh God. That, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, so as forever. written, it's you're supposed to when you cast identify realize that it's cursed. Like the curse is identified. What? I, was, I was like, fuck that. Like this this is too That's much fun. Dumb. To, <laughs> Yeah. What the hell is the point of a cursed item? Exactly, right? Um, like, this one explicitly says, like, you realize, like, identi- casting identify, you know, allows you to know it's cursed. <clears throat> but I thought that that was a great way to start that fight, um, kind of already on the back foot with Bumbo taking, like, half of his HP, um, pulling a beat off of that necklace. That, that was a really good time for that to land, but I, it just occurred to me, imagine we had used it for our original plan against the hags. I know. You would have you would have blinked into and just died <laughs> the ethereal, and then just yeah, your necklace would have gone up on you, Brian, and then they would have like just fucking stomped on you on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I, I had it would thought be like it would... half conscious, blinking in and out. I, I, I thought it was pretty amusing. Um, to that would have and been a pretty amusing potion. outcome. But then yeah, following it up with the cursed potion, that was actually pure <laughs> yeah. comedy. Yeah, like immediately don't trust anything anymore. Um, Except for this potion. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and um, it was interesting working around Counterspell. Counterspell is <laughs> less than fun, um, I think. Um, but It's a bad spell. Yeah, but getting the time stop off, you know, continuing the fight, because um, at that point you were really chunking her down. Um, and... I think one of the things is that that fight is assuming that you don't have boots of flying or the fly spell. Like, you don't have multiple flying characters. Right. Um, I think two is pretty important there. Yeah, so, like, having that level of, like, mobility was 
really useful at the beginning of the fight um, to be able to like walk up to the actual, which is one of the big reasons that I had to increase its HP is because you were able to just, you know, oh, get, yeah. into, get into melee with it as opposed to it, you know, just floating in the air. I mean, if we had no flying, that whole thing would have just been yeah, taken ages to put down. Um, but yeah, it felt it felt appropriately epic um, to, to wrap that up. So it was, uh, it was from my end uh, as a DM, a lot of fun to run. Um, but I guess kind of to, to wrap up, like, would love to know, like, you know, what your favorite part overall was. Like, what is the, you know, the the, the most uh, kind of enjoyable part of the last year that we spent playing this? Um, you know, kind of go around the horn there and, and, and leave it there. Who wants to who wants to kick that off? Like, are we looking for moment or session or? Yeah, it's up to you. Like, you know, the, the thing that this thing that stands out um, for me, it was really, you know, kind of. I love DMing so much more than I like playing. Um, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, I like being able to tell the story. I had a lot of fun. Um, and like even the prep, even though it's you know a pretty good amount of work, uh, was largely exciting. Like you know building the things that you get to explore was a lot of fun. Um, and finding ways to to modify it in fun ways. Um, overall, being the goofy halflings rolling around. Um, like that, I think I was mentioning that before, but that embodying those characters when when they're being that version of them was a lot of fun. Not the like stressed out lunatics they were for the last month of uh, of going through the dungeon, um, but the like the mental image I have of of us having a ball going down the river is kind of like in my head. Cool, Andrew like uh what like undead huck finn yes <laughs> with a robot barge and you know we're all playing different instruments and goofing off and yeah um yeah it's a good question it, it's kind of like a, i'm there's a lot i think that i think that i'll i would say just that i think the final battle did it all justice i think that you know there was a lot clearly a lot leading up to over the course of a year this final battle that um, I think that the the module uh, and you will did a good job at um, not telegraphing too much like what was in store like at the end of the day we didn't really know what this fight was going to be about at all you know there was like hints here and there but we we did we had no idea like opening that door we unfortunately we got a glimpse of there being a big giant rotting baby in here when we when we got to this floor because the wall wasn't set properly but even though even seeing that we're like okay that's weird but but what like why um i mean i didn't even think that was the final fight i was like it's the next wacky thing we're encountering <laughs> yeah um yeah i would say i would say the final fight i think that 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 was kind of the the highlight it definitely did a good job of, of wrapping everything wrapping everything up Awesome. Dave? I'll say, like, uh, as, like, an overarching theme, I really liked playing a paladin, like, both from an RP and from a mechanics perspective. Uh, it's the first time I've ever played uh, a 5e paladin. Usually I'm, I'm the DM, so just getting to be the player was a lot of fun. 
from that perspective. And then also um, Paladins are just a great class. Like I, I love classes where there's a lot of like risk reward mechanics. Uh, so Paladin embodies that kind of perfectly where you have the ability to either use sort of like useful utility spells in the form of like healing or buffs, uh, or you can, you know, just go straight damage output, which was usually my <laughs> modus operandi. Uh, so love that. Uh, and then like, again, you know, just to keep echoing how much I enjoyed all your custom Yuan T stuff, like that section just felt terrifying in the best ways. I thought we were gonna die a lot. And it just, it felt so good to be in a situation where we were out of our element and it was so obvious that we were gonna just either die or like, you know, even negotiating with um, the second in command snake person, it was just like, we, we were like, ah, can we trust this person? Like, it's just like everything about it just fell off. And I love being in that situation as a player. Awesome, yeah. Uh, Adam, how about you for your for your second D and D experience? I mean, I I, I keep saying I, I really enjoyed kind of like this like the road trip feeling of like going around and seeing different sites in the jungle, just like a bunch of cool things that didn't even have to be connected to the larger story, just kind of like little curiosities uh, that add a lot of flavor and kind of you know make the jungle a character in and of itself. Um, but I, I mean, also, I have to say, I, I loved playing a bard. It was really fun. <laughs> I, I don't know why I would ever want to play another class at this point. Like, it, it, it's just a, like, it, there's so much flexibility in the class. Like, you can even play the class, I, like, you know, as I was going up, looking at the different options. There's a billion different ways to play it. But, like, having the CC, having the, the, the high social roles, you, even if I didn't use them for a lot of the campaign, like, it was, I don't know. Bards, bards seem awesome. <laughs> like you know, you just top everyone off with inspiration. I don't know. It was, yeah. it, was, it was a lot of fun. One thing that we didn't touch on was um, your commitment to uh, really embracing vicious. <laughs> oh murder. yeah. Um, and you know, not just, not just I cast phoning it thing. in. Um, like oh, I, I I mock I mock this thing viciously, um, but really trying to you know, make a joke out of every single time you cast it. Um, and then yeah, I watching. take it back. That's, that was the best part of the campaign. Adam's yeah. vicious mockery. It, 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 it provided so many laughs. Half the, time, at least. Um, the quality always fell off as we got later and later. Um, my <laughs> other favorite part was uh, Adam, like watching Adam on camera, just nodding off after like 1130. <laughs> like you, you knew it was time to wrap the session because Adam was basically just asleep. Uh, and then you'd say his name, and, like, and, he, and then he would come up with a joke that's appropriate for the, the scenario, because um, 90% of his actions were vicious mockery, um, but yeah, it was it's true. It's true, it's true. It, it was also hard when we were fighting the same uh, creature type for a period of time. I'm like, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm fucking, this barrel has been scraped. <laughs> I've got nothing, nothing left in me. But, uh, nothing in the tank. How did you feel playing a bard after playing like a straight vanilla fighter in the previous game? Uh, you know, I I felt like for most of this campaign, I was thinking, man, fighters are are rough. 
<laughs> like they, they don't they have so few options like it, they're the exact antithesis of what i said i loved about a bard like there's so many options with a bard magical secrets i can literally pull in any spell in the game to build this character however i want um a fighter it's like i attack i attack again <laughs> oh wait i i use action surge i attack a third time <laughs> like th that that was maybe that was one of the reasons i enjoyed vicious mockery it was just like i just want even though that was the same action over and over i just like i don't know it, it added a little spice um however i realized about halfway through getting sapped by the uh the hags that if i were a fighter i wouldn't have worried about any of that because, <laughs> because basically it would have been the same i attack I attack again. <laughs> Nothing would have changed for me for the, you know, maybe a few of my, you know, large uh, burn, um, you know, abilities, but like it would have, it, it would have really mitigated the damage that those hags did to me as a caster. I, I, I felt like that was, uh, I don't know, that was, I had new appreciation for a fighter by the end of the campaign uh, because of that stretch. So that was, that was, that was kind of my, my thought going from fighter to, uh, to bard there. I don't know. I have to. I have to think about what I would try in the future. Yeah, and kind of to to wrap up my other favorite. You know, the probably the the best part about this um, was really how much you guys embraced the role playing aspect of it. Um, like there was really no times where I had to try and pull you guys into character. Um, <laughs> like you know, immediately as soon as the session started, you guys fully embraced your your. Uh, little halflings and um, the little little uh, hobbit family that you had built, um, which was a lot of fun. It, it was you know great watching the, the the characters really get fleshed out. Like the, the, I think from any of the the D and D experience I've had, like these this group of characters felt the most alive. Like like oh I I know what these people are, um, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, just wanted to you know thank you guys for for making the experience running this was really really fun um so yeah hold on we, we 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 forgot brian quick no he, he went brian went didn't he? oh did you oh at first brian i also started. said halflings oh sorry being them dudes yep. and the riverboat being like that's right that's in right. my in my head is kind of like the like the antithesis not the undead antithesis. Huck the, 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 the <laughs> i'm just tired yeah if i um, if i were an artist that would be the scene i would draw the the halflings yes. partying on the riverboat. You guys with, uh, just stolen with one of those uh, those those zombie painters. To... And, I mean, I was I was heading back there. Maybe I'll go back to the dungeon. Yes, <laughs> actually, if 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 a book is ever written, that would be the the, the cover. I feel like. Um. Yeah, and thanks and thanks, Will, for for running this game for that long. I mean, yeah, yeah Jesus I, Christ. I think you know. As as a, guy, a bunch of guys who've played a lot of D and D over the years, this is the first time I've played a module from cover to cover. Yeah, which has been a lot of fun. Enormous undertaking. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna miss these characters every Tuesday. I feel like the next characters that we create need to be just as alive. Yeah, and this is a. I think I'm excited to, you know, take a little break. See you know, what Adam or Brian have in store for whatever they want to run, um, you know, and spend some time thinking about what uh, what the, you know, 2.0 adventures of, of Lollipop Guild are, are going to be um, from levels 12 through, through 20. 
Oh, one, wait. one, one bit of news. I don't know if we've shared, but uh, at the cabin, I'll be running a Mages of Mythos one shot. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, so we'll. The plan is to have some, something in place. Just like on device. On device. On device. Um, the battle combat will not be on device. Basically, character sheets maybe with the with the ability to roll and do damage that sort of thing. Awesome. Yeah, that's super yeah, exciting. Cool. And plus, it gives me an excuse to bring all my dwarven forge to the cabin, <laughs> which I'm very excited about. Is that why you had to rent an SUV just to fill it with dwarven oh, forge? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm. I, it's funny too because I actually own the book of Tomb of Annihilation. Now I can finally open it. <laughs> oh yeah, you're, you're gonna open it. You're like, what the fuck? Like, we didn't do any of this stuff. And I also have this one, which I'm still not opening yet. Uh, so funny, funny. Quick aside, I Bye. bought this book because I thought this had Tomb of Horrors in it. It doesn't. This book actually has Tomb of Horrors in it, but I don't want to open that because Brian said he wants to run that one day. So I would like to wait until that happens. Oh, I wasn't planning on it. Did I? You mentioned it once upon a time that you played it. I, uh, I did play the Tomb of Horrors, and I I have not played it yet. And so, uh, if someone was going to run it, it should be you because you've actually played it. Don't stick your hand in the devil's mouth. It's a really bad idea. Yeah, that's. A, I know two things about the dungeon. Yeah, I know that. Thing. Well, three things about the dungeon. There's Demilich at the end. Don't stick your hand in the black portal, and the middle door entrance is how you start the thing. That's all I know. All right. Awesome. Uh, on that, on that note, note, while Dave, before Dave spoils the rest of Tomb of Horrors, because he knows way more than that. Um, <laughs> That's it. We'll, That's we'll, all I know. We'll call it a wrap. Um, but thanks again, guys. It was uh, a ton of fun. Good night. Thanks again, Will. Yeah, thank you, Will. Good night. Yep. Good night, everyone.